an absolutely amazing welcome to 2022 and the very first episode, which is episode number 45. So welcome to two pre-sales in a pod with uh, some regular contributors, which is Mr. Adam Freeman, Mr. Mark Green and Hello. myself, Don Carmichael. And we are joined by a very, very special guest, someone who's very well known in the pre-sales strategy world. He's like my cleverer twin, which is Mr. Stefan Muller. Uh, hey would you like to introduce yourself, Stefan? Yeah, thanks. Um, so, name is Stefan. I'm based in Germany and I'm wearing two hats right now. Head one is I am a global principal pre sales consultant at Salesforce for a global account. And the second job I do, the second hat I wear is um, I'm leading a company called Pathfinder Consulting, where I help pre sales leaders with their strategy to scale sustainably and to scale better. Yeah, well, hence my cleverer twin. <laughs> Same thing. I will jump in here and say I love Stefan's content, big fan um, of his content. And um, I found out last week, because of your background, Stefan, how you are able to articulate your ideas so well, which is something to do with journalism, right? Uh, you're right, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not, yeah, you got me there. It, it's not the regular IT background I have, that's, that's for sure. So I, um, I'm a journalism mayor and, um, major, and um, I studied also political sciences and linguistics. So that's where I come from. And I found my way really into, into IT and into IT consulting 15 years back, and I, um, I never regretted it. Mm -hmm. So important here, because we do talk about backgrounds into pre-sales, and you can hear that's another variation um, on that theme. But what are we here to talk about today, Don? What's the topic? Well, the, the topic, this is a first for us, isn't it? We're going to call it, um, how, how do you feel? Um, and it's a quite touchy-feely kind of thing. But it's really, we, we just before we started uh, recording, we were having a conversation about people. It, it, this is start of 2022. A lot of people... Um, I've had COVID either, you know, uh, in the last couple of years or recently, whatever. And I was just talking about the about having COVID and people recuperating, recovering from it and its impact on our job because the uh, pre-sales job, especially if you're client facing, it has these like massive peaks, you know, high stress things where you've got to, you've got to perform at this very high level, takes huge amount of energy. And then these kind of troughs that happen with it. And, and if we don't allow people to recuperate from, um, you know, from being ill, you know, how are they actually coping with that? But then the conversation kind of it, it wound out from that to kind of more general things, which is, you know, how do we cope as, um, you know, individual companies, but as a profession as well with, you know, our colleagues who've got maybe got, you know, med you know medical health or kind of mental health, you know, issues. And how do we, you know, how do we all work together to support each other in doing that? How do you work as a manager to support people uh, who are doing this, you know, who've got family members, um, it, you know, team members who've got family members who you're kind of struggling with certain things and need to support it you know how do we handle all this and um, and then I just wanted to draw in from another industry I have a brother who works in the engineering industry and it's a very kind of macho environment you know it's kind of seen as you're weak if, you, if you're off ill and um, you know and there's a definite culture there that you kind of it's like a binary thing you're either ill or you're not you, you can't be you can't be kind of in this transitionary thing where you're kind of recuperating so yeah well, I th it's a really fascinating subject because um, when I started this this job uh, almost six years ago now, got the job, rocked up the first week, started my enablement. End of the week, um, slipped a disc in my back and was off for three months. Wow. 
<clears throat> so, I mean, it's a little bit of a problem because uh, just at the point where, excellent, come back next week for your, you know, the next chapter in in what our product does. And I kind of had to speak to my boss and said, I'm sorry, I can't come in. Um, I can't sit down. I could lay down or stand up, but those were the only two options. Um, so to understand how available people are to do the work that they want to do and not just the customer facing work, but the learning and the enablement and are they going to be there for the training course? And if you book everybody in, will they be as present of mind as they would hope to be? Because it's not always an option. I mean, I'm going to bring Stefan back in here because a lot of your content, Stefan, is it's it's theoretical, isn't it? It's it's how we go about thinking about things like pre-sales enablement and and all these kind of things. And I often say to people new to pre-sales, it's very hard when you're in front of a customer. It's hard to have a bad day in front of a customer. You know, if, if other stuff's going on, some it's one of those roles where you can tell when someone's not on it. And do you think when you write a lot of your content, it's got to be based around someone being on it, isn't it? It's got to be able to be maximizing the characteristics someone's got. So. Does this play in? How do, what do you think here? That's a great point. I think it, it, it takes both, right? It takes a lot of empathy from, from the manager, from the organization to understand how, how you are, how the team is, how each individual is. And on the other hand, it takes a lot of, I would say, system or, or, or science to, to um, support them to be at, at their best or to be efficiently at their best, right? But there's just one thing I... Um, that, that came to my mind when you when you describe your everyday life now. My impression is actually it is okay not to be okay even in front of uh, in front of a customer. Like um, I had so many conversations with customers actually, where I had the feeling we are humanizing this whole business thing right now because they they know exactly how I am when I'm sitting here and my seven year old just pops in or my two-year-old is like like stealing my mouse again or it's just biting my my foot or whatever they 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 smile they laugh and it's okay because they know this feeling and other situations and we i have the feeling in a positive way during last year especially during last year this is the second in a row then we stopped pretending right we stopped pretending to be perfectionists all, all, all around the world right we we just cut the crap to, to, sorry, to some point in time, um, to, to some extent, and we're being real with each other. And I think that brought me closer to some of my customers, for sure, and, um, and also internally as a team. Yeah, yeah don't. That, that is a brilliant point, Stefan. I, I wonder, you know, as we're kind of more hybrid or more people return to the office, so um, th this will date this, this particular uh, podcast episode because it was an announcement uh, from Google, I think it was yesterday, about making a, I think it's a million dollar investment in a new building uh, near King's Cross because they want people to come back to the office. And, uh, you know, some companies have been quite open about that and, and are actually going to penalise some people if they want to stay away. I would say most other companies are quite opposite to that. Um, you know, quite I've found a way to be more comfortable with people being, you know, a mix of remote or if they're going to be on site. But going back to what Stefan said there is that it, that's a fascinating point that we've found, you know, humanity in being, you know, working from home and all the things that happen around that. Is that do you think if we went back to the office, we're going to lose that again? I'm not sure we're losing it. I think it, it pretty much will depend on 
on, on the on the organization on how serious they are about it right i mean um i, I could see at salesforce for example where like the awareness for mental health grows a lot there are a lot of programs there are a lot of there's a lot of assistance like um in be it like weekly calls to 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 train people to look after themselves but also like um assisting programs to to turn to if you really got problems right you are you're um allowed to talk about it um also anonymously and that's um it's kind of giving permission to speak about it and giving permission to think about it and i think things like these will um will um will continue to be present even if we go back to office okay it's really it's really interesting because you got me thinking here that I mean, we're fortunate enough. I mean, Don works for himself, so he can have these these conversations. He can give us tell as much time off as he wants. But I mean, the three of us work for really great organizations. It's 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 fair to say we're 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 very fortunate that we work for companies that are very aware of the challenges the pandemic's brought on us as people. And don't forget, people are employees, people are also the people who buy from us. So we're talking about people here, and that's why this matters. But I think if I go back to some of the people I know in my network where there'll be people listening to this that of maybe sole contributors. They're in a team of one. They're the only pre-sales person. They might have three or four salespeople. Nobody else in that organization understands their role. They don't have a chief people officer or or something of that nature. There isn't that investment and that can't carry that investment because of the size of the org. And when you're in an organization that maybe there isn't that, are you okay? You know, have we got that spotlight on mental health? How hard is it when you're running a million miles an hour because the organization's small and you're growing fast. How hard is it? Do we think back over our careers? What are the indicators? How do we know as a pre-sales professional, maybe it's time to stick our hand up and talk to one of us on the show or whoever's in your network and say, hey, feeling a bit under the weather here. I probably need a little bit of help because I think back over my career and I think I probably have had burnout historically and didn't address it. I think I'm, I'm, I'll be quite open about that. I would be a workaholic if I could. Um, luckily, I've got a very good wife and a very good team that stopped that happening. But honestly, genuinely, I would be a workaholic if I could. How do you guys think you've self-evaluated and thought, oh, maybe it's time for me just to just to press pause a little bit? For me, it came to a head where it became obvious that I just was not on it anymore for no reason. And it wasn't no reason, but it was just not a reason that I was um, watching out for. And so... Thankfully, you're right, Adam. Yeah, you know, we are lucky enough to work for some pretty ace companies that have policies in place that actually do. It's not just a policy in place, but it's actually actioned and embedded into the culture um, that things like that are okay. But I, when the pandemic hit, I was always work, working from home anyway. But as as it got more and more, the value that I ended up placing on being able to shut my office door and be at home rather than at the office. I always kind of paid lip service to it, that it was kind of okay. Well, I mean, I've ne- I've needed that. I've really needed to be able to shut that door and not be at work because otherwise there's no commute home where you're sort of processing stuff and then looking at your phone and then listen to music. No, you, you're still taking the things from work out into your home life. Really interesting what you said Stefan, about having your family in as well. And yes, I think that the people that we sell to also have family and coming in or or other things. And the fact that we're recognizing that is great. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to say something I haven't, I don't really talk about because I think it's an age thing or, you know, my culture or my background or whatever. But um, if I went back kind of about eight, nine years ago, I actually had a, a mental health problem. And basically I got myself in a hole and I couldn't find my way out of it. And I just got deeper and deeper and deeper. And, and I was basically, I was pretty useless at work. I couldn't do anything. Um, and I needed help to kind of get out of that. And I didn't, I didn't see that coming. Now, one of the things I've kind of learned over the years since is that actually when I speak to, you know, getting an intimate setting and people open up a, a, with each other, I find that a lot of people who've got maybe into their kind of 40s or whatever, I, there's a lot of people go through like a health, mental health crisis at some point. Um, and, you know, you may have colleagues at work who are actually going through this right now. And you might think, oh, I don't know, I think it's medically something wrong with them. Well, it kind of is, but it's a mental health thing that they're kind of really struggling with. And it can kick off for, you know, it, the slightest thing kicks it off. And it's just, you kind of think, I can't, I don't know how to do this anymore. And you kind of get yourself in a hole and you, you know, you really need a lot of help to get out of it. Um, you know, so uh, I know some lot, really large companies, what they do is they have like a mid-career review. Uh, and you get to an age, I don't know, something like 45, and they actually have like, there's a, a review that happens, which is um, you know, to try and detect this, this kind of thing. If it's, you know, if it's going to happen, how do you, you know, how do you feel, which is the title of, you know, this podcast, actually try and dig into that with someone and say, because it's round about that time. I think a lot of people kind of go through this. Um, you know, so I don't know if that's opened up some people to talk about this, you know, um, you know, I can, you know, anyone wants to kind of jump on and kind of you know message me or email me about these kind of things that you know I'm very willing to talk about. But I think it's a lot more common out there than yeah. than people think. I I think most people go through some kind of crisis. We're applauding you here, Don. Like that's yeah, a big, really... that's a very very brave thing to talk about and share. And someone who's very vocal in the community and has the reputation you do. I hope that starts change and people do talk about it. So. Stefan, you were going to come in there, but I just wanted to, to add that. Yeah, so many, so many thoughts. First, let me applaud you too, Dawn, and, and, and let me echo what you just said. Um, and Adam, that's tying into, into what you asked previously, where like a system or a process, in this case, it's this, um, this mid-career review, meets the empathy of the people driving the system and the process. I think this is a total sweet spot. So uh, helping the people to bring their empathy to work really as a leader or as a team leader or whatnot, I think that that's a tremendous example. And, and I mean, that's um, a story I have to share as well. Like it was 10 years back when I, when I was working in a, um, in, a, in, a, in a consultancy and we worked insane hours, right? <laughs> and and um, I was like a young professional five years in and I thought that's normal. Like every, every, everybody does that. Every, everyone around me worked that crazy hours. Um, until I didn't notice anymore how much I actually worked. And there was no proper system in place that would have stopped me from that, like being that workaholic, right? Other than a great colleague and a great manager who really took me aside and said, look, you're, you're not yourself anymore at some point in time. I, I noticed that. And, um, and that was the first time that got me thinking about it. That got me reflecting. It really sent me home. And I was... Um, I always used to be a total, a total, complete autonomous worker, self-starter. I, I was um, completely independent, if you will. But then he took me aside and said, look, we're going to do like weekly check-ins uh, because I want to know how you are. I want to know how you feel, right? That was completely new to me. And, and I was irritated at first. Is he going to micromanage me? But 
No, he wasn't. He, he really checked in with me on a personal level and asked me how you feel until, and that got me thinking, that got me reflecting and that got me like back on track and, um, and um, actually avoided, uh, I, I could avoid that I could, that I would slip into some sort of um, a burnout at some point in time. So it is, it is system, but it's always the people working the system. I think he's said something fantastic there, the points for, um, you know, there are so many people in pre-sales who are new into a management role and it, and it might be they've been an individual contributor and, you know, it's a, and it's a first time, first line management, or they're in a kind of smaller company that's growing and, you know, they're an individual coach manager before, but now they're actually managing people. And and this is one of the things that's absolutely key. This isn't it is that your role is not, it's not just to kind of like optimize what people are doing or referee, you know, you should be working on this deal or this salesperson needs this we can't do that working it's not just to do that it's to really look after your people you know it's that that's your role is to it's to kind of like open up give them you know what do you need to be the best that you possibly can but also keeping the engine running you know like and asking that question the empathy the human side of it how do you feel you know, um, you know, pre-sales people are very, very talented, experienced. You know, it takes a lot, um, a lot of training to get to do what we do. And you, you can't, you know, you can't waste that or people be suboptimal because you need, they need help. I mean, it's, it's tough, actually, what you say, because I was just thinking about then, I was thinking as you're talking, I was like, well, how am I leading? How am I naturally doing some of these things? I, d- I do think that the pandemic's brought an immense amount of challenge to being a pre-sales leader. A lot of people listening to this podcast will be individual contributors and you'll have a leader in your mind now while I'm talking, okay? That leader's going to be almost in two two camps. It's going to be the people who've embraced the changes that the pandemic's brought and it'll be the people who think, hey, we're going back to normal. I'm going to lead with the same metrics. We plow on. We don't use it as an excuse. We get on. And I'll be honest, I don't think we're ever going back. People know my thoughts on this. I think it's meaning that as a priest, as a leader, I have to be, I have to be more empathetic than I've ever been before um and i've had to get used to that and as much as a team have and if you listen to this individual contributor and i've encouraged my teams to start having more check-ins because you can't be everywhere as a leader and honest to god there's times where that's kept me up at night early in the pandemic of are my team okay do they feel secure because they're not in the office you know how do they know that everything's okay i know it's okay but how do i make sure they know it's okay and in a world where I described it as someone who's been like in the middle of a snow globe, right? That someone's shaken up because everything is changing. And I'm someone who likes change, but not everyone does. So when you've got a world out there, they're scared of the outside world, scared of going to the supermarket, maybe live on your own and don't like change. How can I, as a leader, be the constant? How can I be that, that, that steadying influence in their world? But then I've got some people who really want to embrace the change. I think that's the hard thing for a leader. If a leader's listening to this, I hope they resonate. And I think you've got to be so agile over the pandemic. That's the one thing I've found. I've had to vary, you know, how do we not make it an excuse? And we have to perform. But then how do we show the empathy and the the kindness that we needed that maybe you didn't need when everyone was in the office quite to the extent? That has been a real test. I think any pre-sales leader would say that. Um, and I genuinely hope everyone gets the leadership they deserve after this pandemic, because I do think it's brought feelings emotions actually to be a critical part of what makes an awesome team not a great team a truly awesome team talks about how they feel if they're performing how do i get more out of myself and part of that is how you feel it does and yes thank you adam it's it it is something that i struggle to put into words i know amazing i use too many words as it is 
But I struggle to put it into words sometimes, the importance that I put on the way in which those relationships work. And I think being able to lead, showing that there are chinks in your armor too, right? So it's very easy to be the old school, you can come to me because I'm solid, I'm always fine, and therefore I'm supporting you. Or is that actually supporting someone? Or is that just showing that I'm fine, so you should be? Why not say, you know what, I, I'm i struggling with these things, and they're not the same as the things that, that you've opened up about, but I appreciate that. And so let's share and let's keep the conversation going. And if you create that safe space, you are going to create that great team rather than just a good one. Yeah. I was just going to draw back to, you know, if you've been trained in management, which a lot of people in pre-sales managers maybe not not had that, but I would always recommend it. There's a thing, was it MBWA, which used to be management by walking around, right? Which was, it was the idea you manage by walking around because you see what, you get the pulse of, you know, how are you feeling? You can ask those questions. Hey, you're looking, you know, you're looking, you know, are you well today? You don't look too good, you know, or, or management by walking around was actually see what's happening on the, on the floor, you know, people, what people are doing, you know, see where people are having problems. Are you frustrated by something? So, you know, it used to be that. So, the, what's the virtual version of managing by walking around? And I think Adam's got the oh, I'll tell you what it is, Don. It's pointless meetings. That's what it is. Pointless <laughs> Zoom and Teams meetings that no one needs to have. That's the equivalent of walking the floor. So don't do that. Um, but I'll t- I'll, just to reinforce what you and Mark are saying, actually. So I always like to think, I try and create a culture where it's a safe space to talk, right? That's one of the things I always wanted to do um, as a leader. And for the reason of... If anyone in my team ever thinks, actually, what's my long-term plan? I want them to be able to vocalize it and not fear that I'm going to take that personally. I want them to talk to me about things that are very personal to them as much as they want to, because I can help with that or I can figure that out. And that's my job as a leader. Okay. Um, and one of my team, yesterday we had a we had a, a team call. And um, someone in my team messaged me and went, Are you okay? While the call's going, are you okay? You look a bit sad. I didn't even realise. Actually, I wasn't sad. I was mad because my boiler had broken down that lunchtime. Genuine true story. The boiler had broke down. The guy couldn't get to fix it. I was just, I was distracted. But how good, something as small as that, someone who was an individual contributor, two layers deep, felt they could message me and say, are you okay? You looked a bit mad. And that's a genuine true story. And I thought after it, when when I shut down my laptop kind of ended yesterday, I took that away and I had the biggest smile on my face that even though the boiler was broken, the house was freezing, we had a team where we could do that. And I felt that is what you need to get. And what I would say is if you're an individual contributor, listen to this, it can be a lonely place being a pre-sales leader, believe me, it can be. Um, Stefan's nodding, Don's nodding, but it can be. And if you're an individual contributor, maybe start change the other way. Everyone leads. Leadership's just a title. Leadership's a title unless you do something with it. Ask your superiors, ask your leaders, are you all right? Because sometimes that might just start a conversation, start change. So ask the other way. It's not always a one-way street, right? Bravo. Yeah, that, that, that's really great. I mean, I haven't a boiler that's broken down, but I had a similar situation just this week where I attended a, a team call with my account. And uh, after I hung up, obviously, we were on a, on a, on a video call, which was uh, quite helpful because other people pinged me on Slack afterwards, like two at the same time. What's wrong with you? How, what's wrong with you? you? You look very grumpy. And I was like, yeah, my kid's sick for two days in a row and I haven't slept in like 48 hours. And they're like, oh, whoa, because we, we, we started to be concerned. And that's, I mean, 
that's like a message that people look out for you. And that's one of the good things that all the video conversations bring with us. I mean, maybe that's one of the good things out of the pandemic. Maybe we're naturally becoming more emotionally aware for a group of people where maybe we weren't before. Maybe colleagues are actually becoming, I don't don't want to say friends. I I mean, I'd like to think that's the case, but actually just more aware, more aware of us as humans because everyone's going through the same thing in the outside world. Maybe it's just brought everyone together, right? Yeah, that's it. I think this humanizing factor that we had in the beginning. And I think we should we should think about how we can pack this and really, really spread that across the organizations we're in until it's it's feeling normal to be human again, right? Um, and there's just one thing I want to share from um, from Salesforce, for example, where I mean, we know that we all perceive this situation in a different light and different manner. I, for example, I love to be at home. I loved working from home. I have been working from home for years before COVID. So I have absolutely no issue with it. Uh, I love to be close to the family and to like intertween personal and, and, and professional lives. That's cool. But there are colleagues and, um, and, and other people that might not feel the same way because they have a flat that's not suitable for working from home because they have like tension at home and they want to actually get out get, get some fresh air people that are actually missing being around their colleagues like face to face in the office so everyone perceives the situation differently and i think this this um awareness about this 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 emotional awareness that you're pointing out adam that is that that has potential to lead us to something better to transcend as, a, as an organization if we are able to to bring that to the top of our mind so I'd be really interested to collect these thoughts together and we were to pick some safe place, emotionally connected things that we're all a fan of. Which ones are we going to consciously maintain? Because I think that it's so easy to slip back. Adam, you're saying that some businesses are just slipping back into coming to the office. That's how it's done now. I think going forward, we could do it better. But I think that's what will separate. We talk about the talent shortage in our profession. We talk about it till we're blue in the face. And I would encourage, if you're a leader on this call, I'd encourage people, you know, the old adage of people only leave leaders, you know, they leave bad leaders, not 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 kind of bad career. And I do think that's never been truer. And I mean, it's never been truer for the fact that if you show you care, do you know what? At least you're going to have a conversation with somebody. At least they're going to say to you, listen, I'm thinking about applying for this other role. I'm not happy here because... But if you're not a leader that shows empathy and that you care, that why would someone have that? And you're going to be in this position where you're constantly recruiting and you bring in talent in and it gets a vicious cycle. And then a reputation emerges that, oh, no, you don't want to work for that leader. Oh, you want to go work for that leader. And I've always believed having a talent pipeline. So do you know what? The people I network with, I mean, Don, we've done it for ages. I remember at the start of lockdown, how this podcast started was me and Don having just catch-ups you remember Don over 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 the internet we used to I used to be in my garden and you were you were at home and we used to just and we said we should hit record on this it was our way of having a release and um I often think that's how it started but in reality what we were doing was just checking each other was probably all right we were being a we could talk about stuff other than work and I would encourage if people are there and if you know some people live on their own not everyone's lucky enough to have family around them and all the other things if you live on your own and you're in a team where that's not that supportive find you know your Don and Adam relationship find you someone you can just have a chat with and if you haven't got it honestly message one of us because we were talking before the show we've all all of us on this this episode have been through some kind of personal experience that 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 we know we're humans everyone's humans doesn't matter how 
how how high up the pecking order you are. You've just either got a nicer house and car or you're at the start of your career, but everyone's human and we've all been there. So please, I want people to know, I've, I've lost people close to me to, to mental health things where maybe they didn't talk. And I think it's about time we change that stigma that people put their hand up and said, help, I want to talk. I, I need someone just to talk to. And sometimes it's easier to talk to someone you don't know. So yeah. if you've not got anyone in your circle, I'm always here and I'm always on LinkedIn um, and I'm always there. And I think I speak for the rest of us. Please message and let us know. Yeah. Likewise, I'm always around on LinkedIn and I'm very happy to to chat about things. And you know what? We're all a bunch of people that understands what pre-sales is. So you don't have to explain that. We've already done that. We can talk about all of the other things. Yep. The, yeah. the pressures of it, everything. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So how do you feel drawing it back together? Kind of like, how do you feel just asking, isn't it? Just asking. And as a manager, um, you, you know, having that kind of personal empathy and asking the question of people, you know, it's not just your job isn't there just to kind of, you know, manage resource utilization. You know, that's, that's probably the least part of it. It's to, it's to help people, isn't it? Help people be the best that they can and help them through, you know, life. All this is, you know, you could summarize all of this and say, it's just life. All this stuff happens. It's a human thing. It's a human existence. Well, time's the only true finite resource. I always <laughs> said that. So if you're not spending it wisely and you're not maximizing it, then, then what are you doing? Right? There's just some restrictions on how we spend it right now. So, Stefan, if we're drawing it to close then, so where can people find you and your awesome content? Mm. Um, always on LinkedIn. Um, and that's the portal to all the content that you may find. And if I may add to that, I am delightful right now. I'm feeling even better than 30 minutes ago, thanks to this, this lovely conversation. And I would really encourage everyone of our listeners to have these conversations with the people around you, reflect on that, on what you need and how you can support the people around you. And as everyone on the, on the, on the, on the podcast already said, um, if you feel you don't have someone to talk to, turn to us. Brilliant. Awesome. Absolutely brilliant. And uh, it might sound like a deep topic to start 2022 but i think we all share this we were actually going to talk about something differently and i think as we got talking we thought maybe it's just the conversation some people need to hear so do you know what? if you're in the camp where you didn't need to hear this great how lucky are you but if you're in the camp that needed to hear this then absolutely brilliant and please do um do let us know and do reach out and give us your feedback Indeed. and if you're in the camp that everything is fine then that's great use that because someone you might know might need a pair of ears Absolutely. And we'll, how lucky are we? We get to do this every week and just chat to people. And it's, it's, it's a bit of a compass point for us. We've said this, Stefan. So we kind of meet and we, we chat and you kind of see how we do this and we hit record. So if you're in the camp where you've never done a podcast before and you want to challenge for 22, come and join us. Come on the show. We've got some awesome people lined up this year. Really fun. We hit record. We don't have a script. Do. Stefan will tell you now. It, we hit record on a conversation, right? So please do come and join us um, and share your ideas because we'll, we'll clearly cover any topic. Accurate. I can just confirm what Adam just said. Come here. It's, it's a fun crowd. It's fun to be around them and uh, enjoy. Yep. So, uh, so that draws in. Thank you so much for listening and look out for the very next episode, which should be coming in round about a week. Thank you so much to Stefan. Stefan, thank you. And Adam, Mark, as ever, thank you so much. Brilliant. See you later, guys. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.